Okay, what is going to be discussed? How you doing, Hiram? Hi, oh, hi, Anthony. How are you? Good, you? Uh-huh. How's your day? Oh, coming oh, along. Uh, coming along. There's a lot going on in the COVID um, issues right now. Oh, yeah, the whole COVID I-9. Keeping up lately? Yeah, I've been keeping up with it. Um, so I saw mm-hmm. something recently. I think I just asked you a couple of questions, if you don't mind. Um, let me ask you this question. Hmm. Do you think um, that state and local government should be bailed out of this whole mess? Well, COVID-19 didn't get them in this mess. They were in a, they were in a problem. Well, no. And because I say no is because a lot of these states and cities were already in a mess financially before COVID-19 came. Seems like it's out more, though, now. Well, it's a little bit known now. Well, the COVID-19 revealed that there was already... What it did was brought to the surface what was underneath the surface. And that is that a lot of these states and cities were having financial problems before the COVID-19 came. And then, you know, now it's, it's all out in the open now. And now they want the federal government to bail them out. No, no, you just make some cuts. Do what you what you should have done. So you think they're not going to bail them out then? Well... The president doesn't want to, and some Republicans don't want to, and for the reasons that I stated, that a lot of these states, Illinois, California, New York, New Jersey, and whatever, they were already having fiscal problems, pensions that are um, underfunded, making promises to all these government workers, whether they're city or state workers, and, you know, they overpromised. And now they're broke. So, now, with the shutdown of businesses, um, good or is it a good or smart thing to do in response to the COVID nineteen? Well, the way things have played out since they shut down these businesses, it was a bad idea. You know. Sometimes it's an old saying that the cure is worse than the disease. And in this case, I think that's the case. All of this, these knock-on effects that have been happening since they shut down these economies, businesses going under, and all these unintended consequences, um, especially shutting down the schools. Which is a huge, huge thing. Yeah, I mean, now, now they got themselves in a mess because September's coming up. And they, how are you going to practice social distancing in a school environment in this online stuff? Yeah. They want to do half online and half at home. We got a lot of these schools officials are getting their students' laptops now. Well, good luck because I'm tell you right now, a lot of parents they're just not having it. They don't. They're not. A lot of low income. I'm talking about low income in particular. The parents ain't. They're not. That's not their forte. Getting on a computer and trying to navigate it and trying to teach their kids. Basically, they want the parents to do what the teachers are supposed to be doing. The teachers are supposed to be teaching these kids. The parents, they have to work. Or if they're not working, they just don't have what it takes in terms of... Um, I don't know how difficult these um, online classes are going to be, but if you're... If that's just not your thing, these these parents are not teachers. Some of them are just not in a position um, academically, 
or even emotionally, some mm-hmm. of these kids, they have parents that are going through issues. Yeah. The last thing that the parents can do is help them. Exactly. So, that's, so, that's, that's almost like affecting their work, too, because a lot of these parents have to, you know, work their schedule around teaching the kids, you know, their curriculum. And some of them just ain't going to want to do it. Exactly. They're going to feel that's not my job. I'm paying my taxes or paying you to do to teachers. What do the teachers do? They just at home and they just send out the class, the courses to the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, no, no. And, you you know, that COVID thing, I mean, this that's the unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. They shut down the schools, but they weren't thinking how this is going to impact the lives of other people. Yeah. No. With real estate not doing so good, how do you think that's being affected by COVID? Oh, I think the real estate market, it's going to be, um, let's talk about that. That's interesting. Because we know right now that a lot of people can't pay their rent because they shut down the economies, businesses, and now a lot of people are unemployed. These governors and mayors wasn't anticipating this. This is the knock-on effect. Now you have all of these landlords... Um, they just extended it to yesterday. They did till October. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. They did to the end. Of, I thought it was the end of the year. It's October because I was reading it. Want October seventeenth? But you know, extending or putting a moratorium on tenants not having to pay their rent is not the same as rent forgiveness. You still got to pay that rent. It's just of that course, it's going to build up. It's going to build up. And they're talking about putting them on a payment plan. It's not free. Right. You're going to pay that month at some point. But it's going to affect real estate in this respect. Okay, put yourself in the place of a landlord. And your tenants can't pay the rent because the job is gone because the governor or whomever shut down the economy. Now what are you going to do? So the landlord still has to pay a mortgage if his property is not paid off. He still has maintenance costs. So if this thing um, sinks into a deeper situation that's negative, you're going to see a lot of properties. Landlords are just going to have to either sell their properties because they're not going to make money. And I know they want to put a moratorium on the rents and people paying their mortgages, but that's not a solution. That's just a Stop gap measure. Yeah. Again, like you said, at some point you're going to have to pay, pay it at some yeah. point. Yeah. It's not a free, oh, here's your free month's rent. Now, I want to say this, though, because this is interesting. We It's important to separate Boston public housing, which is run by the city, versus commercial residential properties owned by like wind management um, and these other management companies because they're for profit. Yeah. And when the mayor had announced that there was going to be a moratorium on rent, he made it specific that this is for Boston housing tenants. You see, the city's in a position to be, let's say, generous in doing this because the properties that they have, they own. So if you live in a Boston housing development project, you, um, the city can absorb, is more in a position to be, to say, okay, you don't have to pay us right now. Yeah. But if you're a, a for-profit like a wind management or Maloney Properties or whomever the property management company is, 
the owners of those properties, they they got to have their rent. I agree, 100%. 100%. They have to pay their mortgage. So with covert, is covert being used as a cover-up for other underlying problems? Personally, I believe it is. And to me, it's obvious. Because... Um, is you see, prior to the COVID nineteen outbreak, a lot of the cities and states across the country, and it was common. This is common knowledge amongst those that are paying attention yeah. that these states were already in fiscal problems. A it lot of known, right? But the COVID is being used as a cover, an excuse. Say, oh. Oh, because of the COVID-19, you know, the businesses are going under. Mm -hmm. And oh, because of COVID-19, we have to do this and that. I believe that COVID-19 is being, it's exaggerated. I'm not saying it's not real, but I think it's being played for all it can be played for in order for politicians who never want to take responsibility for their own blunders. They're going to use the COVID-19 as a cover for all the fiscal problems that are now coming to the surface. Basically, a lot of these um, governors and mayors and legislators across the nation mismanage the kitty pot. And now they're being called out, but they're not taking blame. They're going to Say oh, it was because of COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen didn't close down my close down these businesses. That was the response of governors and and mayors making that decision. They could have, they should have thought through more carefully what they did. So I think COVID is being used as a cover. So when does being safe become unsafe, or even harmful or damaging, as it relates to COVID? Hmm. Well, you know, I know the big thing is. Um, we got to keep people safe. That's key. Yeah, got to stay safe, safe, yeah. safe. You know, you have to have a balance. And you sometimes you have to make hard choices. But when you're talking about safety, now we're talking about it in the context of this COVID-19 thing. I think safety, like the COVID-19 disease itself, is being used as cover. I mean, you can't protect everybody. No. I mean, politicians have to understand this. People have to be left to their own um, sense of being responsible for themselves. We're not children. See, that's the thing they talk about a nanny state. I don't know. A lot of politicians, they seem to think that the general population of people are just inept. And I'm going to say on a lot of, maybe with some people, they don't, they're don't they not responsible. But I think for most people, they don't need to be told to wash their hands. Yeah. They don't need to be told to do this and that and the other. I think that um, this whole thing about safe and safety is being overblown. I mean, since this COVID-19 um, situation has come, I've seen a lot of people um, gathering together. And just doing things that there's no social distancing and all of that. But I don't see people dropping in the streets. And I think a lot of these numbers are being overblown that they're talking about these cases and and um, these deaths. Especially to the cases, the COVID-9 cases that are being reported. Because a lot of people don't know this, but I remember reading that a lot of things now that were not previously um, categorized yeah. as a symptom 
of COVID-19, they're throwing it all in the pot now. Yeah. If you sneeze the wrong way, that's COVID-19. If you, you know what I'm saying? So uh, this article I was reading, it was basically putting people on notice, letting them know that a lot of symptoms that previously would not have been counted as part of a COVID-19 diagnosis are now going to be considered a part of a COVID-19 diagnosis, and therefore that's why the numbers the numbers are going up so high. So I think safety is being used as a cover, just like the COVID-19, to justify a lot of this crazy um, reaction by politicians. So do you think COVID-19 is something we're going to have to live with, like any other disease like cancer, Parkinson's, HIV, you know, etc.? If, if it is, it, it's possible. because it just like the flu? Look, it's my understanding that COVID-19, this is a strand, like COVID-19. Yeah. But to, to answer your question, if it if that's what it comes down to, so be it. I mean, look, we have Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. We have Parkinson's disease. Mm -hmm. We have HIV. I remember when HIV came out, everyone was in a panic. But we lived through it. You learn the human people, we are re they say resilient. There have been plagues and pandemics that have hit the human race many times in the past and we've survived it um so i think we should understand that this may just be another one of those um situations where you just live with it you're gonna have people dying all the time but you know like aids like parkinson's like cancer you live with it you don't shut down your economy because someone got cancer, do yeah. you? You don't shut down your economy because some someone got the flu or pneumonia. Of course not. You treat them and then, you know, let things go their course. And also, there are a lot of people surviving this corona, corona, COVID-19. COVID-19. Corona, you know, it's not like this is an instant death sentence. So, again, I think there's a lot of overreaction. If we have to live with it, live with it. Now, do you think the elected officials understand the ripple effect of shutting everything down? Absolutely not. They didn't have no... You see, this is a part of the problem, I see. These political leaders, these governors and mayors, they're listening to the health experts, the medical professionals, and not saying that they don't know their stuff, but as a political leader getting information, you have to understand that these healthcare professionals and experts, they're giving you their opinion and their advice based upon their knowledge of the disease or the medical condition or whatever. They're not, they're not economists. They're not people who are thinking Oh, how is my diagnosis that I'm going to share with the governor about COVID-19? How's that going to affect the stock market? How's that going to affect the local economy? That's not their forte. And I think... What was the question again? Fully? Hmm? What was that question? It was about... Uh, basically, do you think the elected officials understood... The yeah, so they didn't understand by taking the advice of these medical professionals and experts, they didn't understand the ripple effects. Look how it's affecting the school system. Let's just look at the school system alone and all the chaos now that's coming out of that. 
I would blame the governors and mayors for not thinking more um, more in depth about that. They yeah, should have yeah. thought about the financial the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, something you just have to live with. No, I, agree. I agree. Now you got all these. I'm just talking about the school system alone. Forget about all the should businesses. We, um, you got to balance we that be out. Taking the advice from these healthcare experts. <sighs> I would say you can listen to their advice, but when it comes to implementing it, I would say that it has to be balanced out with what the effects are going to be. I mean, I can come to you and say, oh, you know what? Um, you got a cold. You got the pneumonia. Exactly, yeah. Um, stay home for the next yeah, three days. weeks. <laughs> not, I'm not thinking about how it's going to affect your finances, yeah. your budget, or anything like that. I'm just giving you my... Diagnosis, but you have to look at your, you know, your situation better than that doctor does. So the governors and mayors, they should have looked at the the economy, say, how's this advice going to affect the entire economy, and then make their decision with that in mind. And I don't think they really did that. Well, I got one more question for you. Um, Let's throw this one out there. Um, Do you? What do you think about the emotional and physical impact about wearing these masks and the whole social distancing? Man, I think I think it's, it's, it's having an impact, but I think particularly about with kids, children. I agree, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, listen. They don't know what's going on. No. As, yeah. they, I mean, you're going to tell these kids they got to go to school. They have to sit apart from one another. They can't have recess. They can't mm-hmm. play. They have to... I mean, that's going to have a emotional and psychological... Do you want that to be a part of the children's experience? Where all these kids aren't, aren't able to see friends and be social with all these kids. Yeah. I mean, parents are telling them don't go out and play with Susie and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think people, and it's all because they're listening to the, find, the advice of these experts. Yeah. But the social... Right. Yeah. Social, the social, mm-hmm. psychological. You have people already that have a lot of emotional, psychological issues already. Just and you're talking about them. I- isolating yeah. them. Putting a mask over their face, telling them they can't go anywhere. Taking control. Yeah. I think um, the social distancing is really uh, a really over-the-top type of response. Yeah. You know, and it's ridiculous when you think about it. You think a virus is going to stop six feet from where you are and where I mm-hmm. am? No. It's just ludicrous. No. And I don't think people are stopping to even think about how ridiculous these recommendations are. They're and these masks, these masks that people off, are wearing, on, a lot them of them off. are not really... If this was a sure enough, mm-hmm. I mean, bubonic plague like that hit Europe back in yeah. hundreds of years ago, these masks wouldn't help. And I think... I think on some level people kind of know that, but they just want to just do what they're told anyways. Most people are followers, and they don't really think um, independently or critically. So I think that um, this social distancing thing really is really bad. And there's no way you can implement that on any long-term basis. Because I'll tell you this, some businesses, their business model requires people to come together. Mm You know, you can't, you're telling businesses to just throw their whole business model out the window. Yeah. I mean, when you have a bar, that, the social yeah. distancing, they, they, that's to bring people together. An amusement park. Um, so there are certain businesses that social distancing is the antithesis of what they were supposed to be, 
how they operate. Exactly. And to bring it to the schools, colleges, and mm-hmm. universities, are you serious? It's going to have a ripple effect. Or so I say to people that are listening, you really need to put on your critical thinking hat because um, the social distancing apart right there alone should have been a red flag that these people yeah. have lost their minds. Talking about the politicians. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the, okay, the medical experts say that, but come on. Yeah, no, don't sit it. there yeah. and tell me that if I'm six feet apart, you know, that that's somehow that's going to protect me. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, if you get on the train and the bus where social distancing is impossible, oh, well, well, um, just put your mask on. I mean, it's so, so many inconsistencies. I agree. That it, in response to this COVID-19, and I think a lot of it actually is politics. I agree, I agree, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the input. And until next time, right? Yes, this is definitely an ongoing saga. It is. And so the saga continues. And I think by during the election going on, I think we're oh, going to see ready? a lot of stuff happening between now and November. Yes, right? and after, even after November, it's going to be an interesting turn of events. We're in interesting times to be continued. All right.